0: welcome to the OFX podcast i'm dave claxton and along with me as always is our wise woman of wall balls bethany mcchesney and i'm going to start out right away i'm going to say and and i posted this on facebook just like yesterday was my birthday
1: Mm -hmm. happy birthday thank
0: you and thank you to like everybody. Cause I got like way more messages and posts and stuff than I ever have before. So thank you for everyone to taking the time. And that was really sweet and I appreciate it, but I overdid it. And now I feel like crap today.
1: Too much pizza.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, most people go on their birthday getting drunk. I had way too much pizza. and I, <laughs> like, It was a mess. I was terrible this morning. I was like, Oh, I, I really felt hung over. And I a pizza Uh, hangover uh, this pizza hangover i got to work and i'm like normally i get there like 20 minutes early and i just sit in the car and you know get ready and i Mm -hmm. couldn't i had to go in right away because i had to go to the bathroom it was like (laughs) (laughs) so uh, yeah it was it was good i had do you get like so i used to be able to eat like you know six double quarter pounders and 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 (laughs) that was fine. It was no problem.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now I eat somewhat decently. I don't want to say really well, but like somewhat decently. And I'm just a candy ass. Like I, anything puts me out. Yeah. I, I can't believe it. Like, do you, do you get that way?
1: Well, I do find the cleaner that you eat, the more you're affected by bad eating.
0: But it's supposed to make you stronger. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, but I think it's like you—you you feel so good and you eat so well, and then when you eat like crap, it's like it's just dramatized how bad it is. Sometimes. Yeah, I,
0: I know. Like you always hear, like you can't, you can't out, you can't outwork a bad diet or whatever.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: But now it's just like I—I I, I can't have a bad diet because I can't even take that. So Lord, <laughs> if I ever stop working out, I can't have a bad diet anyway. It just sucks. So. Yeah. I don't think I can ever become the old fat guy because I just don't know that my my body can take it anymore. It's kind of Mm -hmm. sad and depressing. I was made fun of very much at work, you know, because I (laughs) work construction, and these guys are like they can drink a two-four the night before, come to work somehow, completely straight laced sober, and feel fantastic. And I can't have four slices of pizza. (laughs) It's all
1: tolerance, Dave.
0: It was it was more like 10, not four. anyway how are you doing how's like because we haven't talked about like just you and i in a long time how's like your training going in your recovery because you know january 22nd's coming quick
1: yeah so we're five weeks now till chicago high rocks i've been this is probably the most patient and progressive program i've ever actually done um which is somewhat frustrating and maddening but at the same time um it's been pretty good for me so yeah we're like I don't know six to seven weeks into a really intensive high rocks focused training block and the last week or two have been the most intense and I'm definitely feeling it um and just kind of pushing the envelope a little bit so um I'm back to running a fair bit I did my first speed workout proper speed workout on the weekend and I would say actually like an actual intentional speed workout almost a year, which sounds crazy that it was, it's been that long. Um, And it felt great. So I think it also goes to show you how much you can just maintain fitness with doing everything else with um, like, you know, gym stuff. So intensity in the gym without running um, and aerobic things outside of running Um, Yeah, I felt really good and I was still hitting pretty decent paces and my Achilles held up okay. It's been a little bit, I felt it a tiny bit this week, but I think it's also, I'm hypersensitive to it. So I'm like, am I, am I being, am I a little bit like freaked out just because, or is this something to think about? So anyways, usually I give it a 24, 48 hours. And then if it's gone, then I'm fine. And because there's this element of having the tissues just get ready to the added load, which I think is just kind of where I'm at right now. So yeah, I've really enjoyed this little build here. Um, I have these days where I feel like I'm really not ready to do a high rocks in five weeks. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. And then I have some days where I'm super pumped about it and I feel really ready. So maybe that's just the normal progression.
0: Do you do? You, do you, and I've had this before. I don't want to, I don't know if I'd call it injury, but do you have, do you have injury PTSD? Like, yes. or I, I, I feel like a, tiny, like
1: a tiny, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm going through right now. <laughs> like a tiny little twinge in my Achilles and I like meltdown mode. <laughs>
0: So I, I don't know if i talked about it before, but when, or on here, I th- I'm sure i mentioned it somewhere, but who cares? I'll be repetitive. Um, mm-hmm. When I first decided it was time to get into getting a little more healthy and a little more fit uh, was because I was dealing with some horrible sciatic stuff. I mean, it just, it hit me really hard and it was getting to the point where I was struggling to drive to work. Like I had a really long commute. It was like an hour and 20 minute commute. And I, you know, I'd wake up and I'd be like, Oh, all the way down my leg, all the way down my lower back sore. And then I'd get in the car and I'd drive. And of course I had a standard at the time and that made it worse. Yeah. And then I would drive there and I could barely get out of the car when I got there. And then I would have to like hobble around for like 10 minutes before I could get moving. And, and it was just sore all day. And eventually one day I, I was like 3 AM, 2 AM, something in the middle of the night and I woke up and I couldn't get out of bed. I was in so much pain and agony and, it was just me and my son in the house at the time. He was like maybe eight or seven. He was pretty young. I had to call the ambulance and uh, I couldn't, I couldn't get up and they pumped me full of drugs. And that was kind of like my, my wake up call, but I had to, you know, get a little serious. So anytime yeah. anyone's ever asked me what my motivation is to keep going and it's fear. <laughs> That's all. Right. I mean. It's not yeah. determination. It's fear. I am totally afraid to ever have something like that again. And, and sometimes you'll feel like just a little twinge or a little something. And I go right into that PTSD. I'm like freaked right out. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I got to stretch. I got to move. I got to mobility. I got to do all that stuff. and It's just, it kills me. So I totally relate to PTSD.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then I get on my phone and I'm texting like my, my RMT and my osteopath and my chiro. And I'm like, I feel tightness. are <laughs> like, okay, but like, <laughs> what am I gonna do about it like they're like it's just part of the process I'm like okay I just have to have you tell me that
0: (laughs) you need my reassurance yeah yeah but
1: like yeah it's been a like it's been over a year of this pain and I'm nothing terrifies me more than it coming back and then going six weeks in the boot and not being able to do anything really like that would be just be the worst case scenario if it came back. But I like I've had some really good advice from people in the OCR world too, who have given me like really amazing programs and shared their stories with ACL or Achilles recovery. And uh, yeah, so I'm also very hopeful that like following these protocols that I, I should be fine and it can get strong again. I just, the, the key is to just be patient, which I think I've done pretty good job up to this point. And having a coach, again, really, really helps to make sure that I don't overdo it and get a little bit too excited.
0: Because you didn't have a coach before when you did get all excited, right? <laughs> <laughs> the accountability is great. The accountability is great. I, I
1: know. I know. I, I did, but I'm also, I get excited very easily
0: the accountability is fantastic from a coach. It's if, if you're out there and you want to do your OCR or whatever, your hybrid race is seriously like get one. It's, it's, it's money well spent. It's yeah. a lot better than spending it on different gadgets and gizmos and yeah stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Well, and I'm a coach myself, <gasps> but we are not, we are not our best coaches of ourselves because you need someone else like talking into your life about, um, for ultimately for athletes I find the biggest thing is we need someone telling us when to rest and when to take it easy because we always there's this uh, like underlying mentality of more is always better and like you push through things and like pain is just meant to be so I think when you have a person on the other side who's who's reminding you that like the rest is okay and the rest is necessary I ultimately think for athletes that's one of the biggest things it's not always necessarily to get you going which it is sometimes but I think sometimes it's to give you permission to just take it easy
0: I always need someone to tell me that I have to do other workouts than the ones I just want to do
1: (laughs) yeah yes Dave you can't just do grip all the time (laughs)
0: Leon says I can i like doing other workouts actually you know what? here i want you to explain science to me because i've always struggled with this and i know it's wrong but no one has really explained the science so when we train to run right essentially if you you've got like your your easy days your speed work your tempo work right and kind of like your long run why can i not do like like kind of those ocr 400s in that same vein you know, where I do like an easy one, a long one, a speed one, a tempo one. Why, why, why would that work? I don't understand that.
1: What do you mean OCR 400?
0: Well, so like 400 meters, jump on an obstacle, 400 meters, jump on an obstacle, 400 meters, do some uh, workout, um, an exercise station, something like that. So instead of just doing straight running, doing that for every workout, but breaking it, downward you know one's a speed one one's a tempo one one's a long run one the other ones are just easy recovery ones
1: so all of your workouts then are essentially like an interval workout in and out of obstacles
0: yes but you're still going to maintain the same heart rate so Mm -hmm. for example if you're doing a tempo run right so then say you want to run it and tempo run that's another thing i always get confused but from my understanding a tempo run is something that would be a pace you can hold for an hour is that that about right
1: right? yeah 60 minutes yeah. yeah
0: So, you know, I'm going to maintain that same intensity level and heart rate when I jump off onto an obstacle and jump back on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Whereas on a slower one, I'm going to maintain that slower, easier pace. So mm-hmm. I'm just curious behind the science why that won't work.
1: Well, it's hard to say it won't work. Because Aha. ultimately like <laughs> everything, everything is extremely relative, but I like ultimately i think because you're going to get very efficient too in certain places so ultimately the training effect that you're looking for is probably going to be best achieved if you keep running because your heart rate is going to lower back down during obstacles so to get that 60 minutes or however long of your actual tempo you're probably just going to have to avoid the obstacles because almost especially for you it's a recovery so that you're not
0: to doing pretty fast to keep the heart rate up i can do it but yeah, yeah i have to fly through
1: them. yeah and i mean yeah you could like if and if like at this point in our lives too i think you have to do what you really really enjoy so if you're like i do not want to do this i hate it then okay we'll adjust but i think when you're looking at training effect ultimately to keep that heart rate in that tempo zone you probably have to keep running
0: yeah yeah and and that's the real key is i just get bored on tempo runs
1: <laughs> yeah okay so then really what you're training dave is your mental state
0: ah but i can counteract that point because i never run a long race where i don't stop and do an obstacle on- <laughs> or a workout in between
1: <laughs> so i don't
0: need that mental
1: okay state.
0: anyway i mean it, obviously I'm, i follow the rules i'm following the direction but one day one day i think i might like to experiment with this and i'll take a year one year and i'll just train that way and just see how uh-huh. Bad or good it goes <laughs> because I mean, who cares?
1: Well, why not? It, I'll
0: do it when I'm 49, right before I jump into <laughs> the States, right? So that I can see how that works,
1: uh-huh.
0: which is only three years away. So I got lots of, I don't know, I think I just think it should work. I've asked some other people, I've asked a lot of other people about it, and everybody tells me, Oh, no, that's not right. I even went to Dylan Scott because I thought, if anyone's gonna back me on this, Scott will. And no, he still takes runs bastard (laughs) you said about grip work too so have have and and i i want to steal that thing from you that we got from and i'm duonamic is that right yeah i want to steal that thing and i want to try it because uh i just saw magita is using it now too and i want to take a shot and see how it works for for certain stuff and to play with it i do think it's a cool thing i want to you know Mm -hmm. You- yeah, it's a honestly, it's
1: a great tool for home workout. So I I do have it here in my basement, and it's really handy. I like that the handles move. Mm-hmm. So one of the biggest issues with a lot of pull up work is um, having a rigid bar because we have our shoulders again. It's like an extremely movable joint. So as you're pulling the the handles that move help move a little bit more in your shoulders. So it's just um, preventing injuries in that that locked position in the pole. So I do like it a lot. And even you can slide the handles wider or closer, which whatever you're kind of focused on training.
0: And I I think we're getting some rings as well to add for like uh where you'll be able to do like push-ups, dips, incline. Oh, like long. Yeah.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah.
0: So it's it's a cool little one. Anyway, I just wanted to see if you were using because mostly I want to steal it for while.
1: (laughs) I will bring it by.
0: So have you done any high rock sims yet?
1: I haven't done a full high rock sim. Um, I'm talking about close to
0: being able to do it now.
1: No. Yeah, no, I can do it now. Like my running volume is up to that level. Um, the hardest thing, honestly, for a high rock sim is having the this, having this space that has everything. Because mm-hmm. I don't have that in my gym my because of the sled situation. Um, I think I have a gym. I could get everything except the ski erg. Mm-hmm. So, again, like that's honestly the hardest thing for me is just finding a gym that has everything in place in one spot where you can make this work. Um, but yeah, I'll get as close to pos- as possible. The last time I did a high rocks, I'd never done a full sim. Um, which is okay. I I do a fair yeah. amount of still like high intensity stuff. Everything I'm doing right now is still all of the high rocks movements. So, I mean, that's okay. But honestly, the full high rocks sim does take a lot out of you. It's like when you're training for a marathon too, you don't do a marathon. the time training for the marathon because the recovery time that it takes to come out of that takes away from the training in between so it's not always necessary depending on where your training volume is and because of where my training volume has been coming back from my injury to do a full sim might just take too much out of my body to really fully recover we're down to five weeks now so i don't know if i'll do a full full one before the actual event
0: could you not like put the sled like outside your gym like
1: on the well so then we're looking at like the like the pavement in the parking lot which is really different
0: yeah yeah but I mean you yeah I mean you, you'd have to probably load a lot of weight on like
1: Ugh.
0: I don't know it might work I got it anyway the reason I'm, is I'm I'm slated to do it's not a full sim either but like a partial sim next Thursday mm-hmm and but I'm not doing eight stations I'm just doing six and taking a, a three minute break in between in the middle kind of thing and, mm-hmm. and um obviously I've had help setting this up this is not all my idea or I would know more about it but <laughs> but I so I have to take out two things now luckily one's going to be the skier because well I don't have one and then I'm yeah. not sure I probably was going to take the farmer carry out mm. because well I mean that's just straight grip strength and I'm pretty solid for that and I'm not really worried about the farmer carry yeah I would think that would be the one to take out deep I don't know if you have any other idea or would do anything different but it seems to me to be the right one
1: yeah that would probably make the most sense like your skier goes early anyways right it's the first thing the farmers carry yeah you'll be fine if i was going to take two things out that would make the most sense to me for sure yeah
0: and if i did have to do the skier and not having to, i would probably just put the rowing machine in twice because it's a similar kind of feel similar time wise too is from my understanding like
1: yeah
0: you're gonna be fairly close in time i don't know the whole thing i don't really care about the time anyway it's just to get a feel it is what it Mm -hmm. is and kind of pace myself properly and not die right away
1: Yeah. Don't blow
0: up early. Yeah. I don't know. That's a fear. The biggest fear for me still is a sled. Like until I push that thing and pull it, I have no idea. I've been working on it. I've, I don't know. Like some people have probably seen the one I made at home
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and loading that up and uh, it works pretty good,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but the push is hard because either I have to kind of put rings over my shoulder and, kind of really it's more of a pull but using the same muscles as a push or i have to go right down to the ground and in that case it's really hard to push anything heavyweight like i mean once you get over 200 pounds it's so hard to move Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so i don't know i don't know what you would think would be better for that
1: yeah like if you could at some point get to a situation where you could actually push something that looks similar to the way it works but um yeah I mean you do the best that you can like before I did my first high rocks I had never pulled a sled with a rope um but again you kind of think about the muscles that you simulate when you do it and do the best that you can in that situation and then you kind of have to be aware then of the things that come up like when you're talking about the pole like moving like the rope management moving the rope out yeah. of the way so as long as you're kind of aware of that for your first one i like i think you'll be fine
0: and that was one of the things begita said to us was uh rope management key that you know it was something you wouldn't think about and the other day so huh. i do have my sled set up pretty good for the pull. so i i loaded like 400 pounds on it and i mm-hmm. have a 25 foot rope and i'm able to okay. to start from 25 feet away from the sled so I, that's a pretty comparable thing and yeah. then i just backstepping like you would my, yeah my, you I have just, a little
1: you have a box yeah. of space yeah
0: so i'm doing that and i was training with that and in i can't remember how many reps i did but i only fell and tripped over the rope twice so i mean that's pretty good
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah just lying there on my kitchen floor down <laughs> i was like you okay I'm like yep yep oh yeah of the process
1: mm-hmm. yeah, it happened a few times and then with the push, you, like you think about, you have three basic pushing positions. Yeah. So, and I kind of switched through the two of them that worked for me in the actual event. Like straight arms, locked arms, and then the one where you have like bent arms. Um,
0: kind of that harder to, the pipes.
1: Yeah, yeah. So as long as you kind of, you're aware of those things and then. If you could practice them even once or twice before. So you kind of get the feel for all of them.
0: And shoes make a difference.
1: <laughs> shoes, yeah. And cool. then we see a lot more athletes using gloves also to help with the pull. Mm-hmm.
0: I was thinking that too. The other thing you can use too, for the farmer's carries, you it is within the rules to use like gymnastic wraps. The, you know, really? yeah, I've never seen anything outlawing it. And if if i don't find any reason if if i don't find anything that says i can't use it then i will Mm. but i i i got so technically they were my birthday present but i did get them a little early it was a new pair of uh ultra shoes and i know there's i looked at your new balance i tried to find those i couldn't find them anywhere i looked for Mm -hmm. the Brooks that hunter recommends and again that was a pain and i'm sure i have mentioned this before but I have nerve damage in the bottom of my left foot and I find it very hard to find shoes that don't hurt that one foot mm-hmm. right foot. I can put anything on. It's fantastic. The left foot of pain is a pain. So, but I have found all of the ultras work for me. I don't know why I'm not like, a, Oh, you gotta be zero drop. I'm not a loyal brand dude. It's just yeah. these ones don't hurt my foot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I went with it and ordered a pair of the which was solstice is what I got now. Mm -hmm. And I tried a little comparison and I put the video on, on, on my Instagram, but with my Escalantes, I I can't remember, I might be getting the names backwards, but anyway, (laughs) I should probably be clear on that. But, um, with my, my pair that I run in, which I think are the Escalantes, I could not even get like, I mean, I was just slipping. My feet were just, just, I was spinning my wheels Mm -hmm. and then the other ones just gripped like mad, like it was night and day difference. If it, if I had used those ones at high rocks, I think I would have been one of those victims of the not even getting it going and right. trying to figure out how to find traction way. I mean, it wasn't a power thing. It would just, it yeah. couldn't get any grip. I was, it was like your car in the snow, just spinning my wheels.
1: Yeah.
0: And the other ones, when I w- started walking, you could hear them gripping on the ground. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: shoes are big. I don't know. Are you doing your new balance 1400s?
1: Yeah, I will. Yeah. Yeah, I have to get a new pair. Like, I have two pairs that are just a little bit older. And, like, that grip on the bottom is key. So I'll find another pair. But, yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. I don't want to risk it. So last time I wore a pair of Under Armour. And I don't regret my shoe decision. um, But they were just really hot. So they were Under Armour. They were their their winter running shoe, which actually has Michelin tire tread on the bottom. So do my flip-flops oh yeah <laughs> so they were super grippy yes so same thing it has the Michelin tire so they were super grippy um but they were just a bit of a heavier hotter shoe like they're their winter running shoes but I was so terrified of slipping pushing the sled so they were great um for the sled push but they were just a little bit heavy for everything else um so, yeah, this time I'll probably just try the New Balance 1400s.
0: Quick shoe side note, because I just, I thought of this when I was, I was listening to Atkins on a podcast with Matt in the drive home today. And he was, you know, they've all been talking about shoes from from Abu Dhabi. Oh, yes. And all the sand in, I thought, I have a pair of Solomon Snowcross. Mm-hmm. And they have those built in gaiters that just go tight around your All ankle, and like, yeah. Like, unless it gets in between your ankle and the top of the gaiter, nothing gets in those shoes. It's unreal. Mm-hmm. But those might have been interesting, yes. They would have been hot, yes, but they should have kept the sand, the sand out. I'm surprised that nobody went back. because I know they make a Solomon makes another another pair that's not quite as wintry. so they'd be thinner and a little more deal. But they have that zipper that zips up instead of just velcro off the gaiter, so it keeps everything out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Get creative. What would you wore over there? Um experience too, so
1: yeah, like I I lived there and I've run in the sand before. And if like the blisters that you get when the sand gets in your even a little bit of sand gets in your shoe is like insane. (laughs) Um, but I I never intentionally ran in the desert. (laughs) So i i never ran with that kind of gator so i like i would have done my research appropriately i would have assumed but yeah it seemed like basically if you didn't have a full shoe coverage that went halfway up your calf um and there was sand in your shoes you were basically like in a in a tough position so um yeah everyone seemed to kind of order in something that covered the whole shoe And that was the best bet because sand just kind of gets in everywhere, and like the sand out there in in the dunes like that is also really dusty, so it gets in everywhere.
0: I heard I heard Emma Clark too. She said she had one shoe was good and the other one wasn't. It was getting sand in it.
1: Oh, probably like even just a little seam or anything, it just gets in there.
0: Yeah, and then Leon sent me a picture of his feet, and it looked like my hands after shale hell. I mean, it was just oh my god. I don't know. Kept moving. I would. I would. I would have called it a day. Thing. yeah yeah or, or, or gone to the barefoot or the socks or whatever
1: yeah and there was a lot I saw people too um finishing in socks and bare feet because once the sand gets in there and it starts to just dis- displace your foot um just that's so painful so at some point you kind of have to make the call are you going to be just dumping your so- shoes constantly or do you just kind of take it and take your shoes off and running your bare feet so yeah
0: i would have thought i would have thought the sock thing or something because mm-hmm. i just seeing the damage it caused it was it was terrible like, like literally like yes. sands were running on your feet the whole time
1: right so and this is something else that i thought about this is something where spartan could have also capitalized on this as an income opportunity so you're sending all of these athletes out to race in the desert why didn't you then make a deal with a company that makes the perfect thing for running in the desert? And you say, everybody that orders this, we get like a 5% kickback. And then you're promoting these gators that are perfect for the desert. Instead of everybody doing their own research, ordering from all different places, Spartan is like, this is the company that we recommend. So then people who are trying to figure out what's best. They're just like, oh, Spartan recommends this. I'm ordering it. Spartan gets a kickback.
0: Yeah, I think that would've been a great idea, but I think Spartan struggles with shit like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm... it's like,
1: same thing with Tahoe. So you're talking about people are now going to be, you know, what's the best gear for racing in this type of climate? This is, These are the companies I recommend. The companies get on board. Like, it's like a win-win for everybody. So you want people to be racing in, in these extreme situations, extreme cold, extreme heat. So, and gear is extremely important when you're in these types of situations. It's like a make or break. So why are you not then maybe working with these companies a little bit more to make sure that people are prepared so their experience isn't lost simply because they didn't have the right covers for their shoes.
0: Yeah. I I don't know. And you know what? I think because you said, think about what it's going to look like next year. Cause I mean, we're under the assumption they're going back. Yeah. Think think about how much different it will be and how much better prepared people will be and hopefully how much easier travel will be. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like I think it'll be a completely different race. Just. Yeah. I think you'll find too. um, A lot of North American athletes will do better next year because they will be more prepared.
1: Don't
0: know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, speaking of travel, so I listened to Lindsay today, and this is very relevant to you and I. So mm-hmm. apparently, right now, because I'm looking at information and I still don't know if this is accurate, but she said that we can cross into the States without a test. And as long as we're back in 72 hours, we do not need a test at all. Okay. So. That's really good if that's accurate.
1: And if that stays. Because right now, there's a lot of schools closing down. Um, And um, a lot of situations, too, where, like, my son plays competitive hockey, where he's had his last bunch of games canceled because of COVID and so it seems like it's escalating now, um, and we've been told prepare for your kids not going back after Christmas break for an extended Christmas holiday.
0: You know what's funny is my my kids been out of school for like just this year, and I've already completely out of touch with all of it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, so it looks like it looks like there's going to be an extended break two weeks um, after the Christmas holidays. So I feel like that that could change as of this point.
0: Oh God, I hope not. But mind you, that's why I booked the hotel with the cancellation up to forty eight hours before, twenty four hours before, whatever it is. Yeah. And um, I intend to use it if need be, and quickly if we need to get a. I'm sure Hyrox will do a deferral if we need to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: I'm all registered and booked for my hotel. How about you?
1: I haven't registered because I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> what are you scared of? Well, I'm still on the fence about racing pro or open. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. I'm still leaning towards pro. I'm just honestly... I'm just like it's just touch and go and I'm being overly cautious of my Achilles, but like I'm i I'm leaning towards pro. I'm just probably waiting a little bit.
0: It's the PTSD.
1: Yes. Uh, it's, it's totally
0: <laughs> we actually joke around. We we talk about uh my wife and I talk about relationship PTSD. <laughs> like yeah. from past relationships, and it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Well, that doesn't bother me. Oh, oh okay. I thought it was supposed to bother you. I can't, yeah. How many times that comes up? Relationship PTSD is real.
1: Yeah, I believe that. Mm -hmm.
0: So when you were talking about getting your clients ready, because I kind of want to move back to that for a sec. What do you do? And because I've had a couple of conversations lately about this. Do you get your clients to dead hang, to do any dead hangs at all? Because there's a lot of dead hanging stuff going on in December. There's always that add 10 seconds a day dead hang thing going on. And then on our OCR Tribe one, we're we just plug, we don't, we're not that strict. We just do a little contest and stuff for dead hangs. Do you get any of your clients to actually do dead hangs for, for preparation for Spartan or for whatever?
1: Mm, I don't really like, uh, to me, it's, I guess I try to get them learning movement across my rig mm-hmm. more than dead hang stuff. Uh, we do dead hang and we do grip strength, but I guess the focus more is on the movement stuff.
0: I, I mean, it's mostly Aaron Newell and we have discussions about this and I don't disagree with him. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think, I mean, we go see our stars. We think about Atkins dead hanging for eight minutes. That's a great party trick.
1: That's insane. Yeah.
0: But it's also completely unnecessary. And I do, a, I do a lot of grip strength and a ton of stuff. And I actually very rarely dead hang past a minute.
1: yeah no me too it's because you also think about it's so much more than just like the ability to dead hang like you have your pull strength um but like if you can't move across a rig then it doesn't really matter so you have to be able to dead hang for 30 to 40 seconds essentially to be able to get across a rig no rig really takes you longer than that and then you're looking at bicep back strength grip which is kind of those things also combined Um, but again, if you can't, if you can't figure out the movement, then none of that really matters.
0: And that's why one of the things that we we talk about too, was transferring just from one hand to the other, right? Just because sometimes you, you can't access a rig all the time. Some people just have a small pull-up bar in their house. Some people have the duonomic system hanging from their door, Mm -hmm. but you can, you can drop one arm go to the other and that will help you with yeah.
1: because just with, shifting one hand to the other yeah, yeah. shoulder taps hip taps we yeah. do a lot of that stuff
0: yeah okay because yeah I mean I just all that dead hanging stuff comes up and I find that it has its place but not as much as a lot of OCR people use it and again to to for me I think you're almost better if you can dead hang for a minute what you need to be doing is adding weight you know, yeah. transferring from arm to arm and adding weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or that...
1: then bringing it into a tucked position. Mm-hmm. Toes like toes to your bar and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and switching your grips, especially to yeah. vertical grips. And i like like, I do,
1: like
0: yes. I do my Leon workouts all the time. And now some of the workouts I do entirely with vertical rope grips instead of using your classic pull-up bar yeah. because that needs to be worked. So mm-hmm. I was just curious, I was because I mean. I hear different viewpoints. Like some people think it's great. Some people think it's like completely useless. I'm kind of probably somewhere in the middle.
1: Yeah. I don't
0: know. But uh, yeah, so I was wondering if you got your, your clients do because I know you get a lot of beginner clients that want to do some of their first races. And I that's where I do think it's useful is you need, I mean, you can't get across the monkey bar if you can't hang for enough time to get across the monkey bar. Yes. So that's, I yeah. guess, where it starts yeah,
1: we do a lot of TRX work. So like we do a lot of TRX pulling also.
0: And do you find that translates well?
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. Like, and we put the TRX at, and doing a lot of different positions with the poles. It's it's much less intimidating too um, than hanging from the bar. So Yeah.
0: I find that you actually your gym setup cool because it's got what I've always called the three main obstacles you've got your, or three main rig type obstacles. You've got your rings, your rope climb, and your monkey bars. Because if yeah. you can get across all those, if you can get through those three, it sets you up pretty strongly for most situations. Oh, yeah. The better you get. Yeah. Obviously, when you get really technical rigs, it really technical. But the stronger and stronger you are at those other three things, the better you'll be. I, I like that. Um, yep. I wanted to say about a couple other things. Yeah. Um, a little bit about Canadian calendar stuff coming up uh so in February I think yeah February is um because this is early stuff sub-zero for dead-end race is in February um I can't remember exactly what day oh, okay February. so that's uh I believe it's there's a 6k and a 12k through the snow if we have any because you know it's it's crazy winter <laughs> but it's a really good race and it is a legit race that'll be the good um Sam Samuel LeBaire won that last year into no surprise. And then one of our very RX one has White Fury or Fury Blanche. It's a 24 hour team hybrid race in the winter.
1: Outside? Yeah.
0: Now, like, the, there's like a transfer area that's inside. So, like, it's kind of relay style. And you can actually do as well, you can do a six hour or 12 hour as well. So, you can do shorter ones but it's like a four, you do a four person team and it's like a relay style and then your transfer areas inside. So you can get warm when you're not doing your part of the running and stuff like that. So it's kind of really interesting and yet really scary. I would found that really weird. Like, I don't know. I thought about it. Sadly, I think it's the same day as high rocks is. So I will not be able to attend because I was planning to go until I saw the dates. So maybe if we can't cross the border, then I'll figure out a way to go do that one. But yeah, it's worth checking out and looking into because that it is it's kind of scary but it sounds like a lot of fun
1: so how many people in the relay four four okay
0: so like if you're doing a six hour one that's not too bad yeah that's not intimidating but a 24 hour one because i mean Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what i've understanding is that the the workout movements i mean you're not going to have like 170 pound cleans and stuff like that they're going to be fairly lower level so that people can survive Mm -hmm. but even still like i mean even if you're just hitting a couple of rounds of push-ups for 24 hours on a relay you're gonna get whacked
1: right yeah
0: i would like to to see it one 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 time that's definitely something i'd like to go to i don't know i don't know when i'll get to it or and like i said it probably won't be this year but i just thought it deserved mention because yeah rx1 still doesn't get a lot of a lot of talk because again it's all french still They're working on it they keep saying mm. I'm gonna fix that but it's not there yet yeah. so yeah definitely we're checking out rx1 it's, it's still big my big a race thing or one of my one of my two a races is is rx1 this year so. Mm. so i don't know so i think i think we're okay i think um i think we can call it early tonight so i can go to bed because i'm still suffering from my pizza hangover <laughs>
1: Yeah,
0: no, that's good. It's good. And um, we have some big stuff coming up. I'm not really going to say any of it because, you know, it's constantly floating. Last week we weren't supposed to have Magidia, and we did. These things happen. We will just keep flowing. And uh, I just want to say thanks to everyone again for reaching out uh, for all the nice things uh, you said, all the birthday wishes. And again, for keeping us going. We're almost a year now. Yeah,
1: uh, we're coming up to a year in January
0: it's been a lot of fun. We've met some amazing people Mm -hmm. and I'm sure we'll do like a a year in review show. So we won't go through all that now, but
1: yeah, we should do that.
0: Absolutely. But anyway, thanks to everybody. And, um, we'll talk to you next week.